Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. A kiss is just a kiss, a sigh is just a sigh, the fundamental things apply as time goes by. It's still the same old story, a fight for love or glory, a case of do or die. The world will always welcome lovers as time goes Last night you said I should do the thinking for both of us. I've done a lot of thinking since then, and it all adds up to one thing. You're getting on that plane with Victor where you belong. You're part of his work, what keeps him going. If you don't get on that plane with Victor, you'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. And I got work to do. Where I'm going, you can't follow. What I got to do, you can't be any part of it. You're supposed to say, what about us?
Welcome to the fourth episode of Mondo Jazz. Uh, this is Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is the radio program on Radio Free Brooklyn dedicated to international jazz, airing every Wednesday night from 10 p.m. to midnight. Uh, we open today's episode with a quirky rendition by the French duo of uh, pianist Guillaume de Chassy and bassist uh, Daniel Ivnek uh, of the standard As Time Goes By. Uh, the, the song, which was composed by Herman Hopfield in 1931 and uh, became famous in 1942 when uh, part, part of it uh, was sung by the character Sam in the movie Casablanca. Its lyrics uh, remain as modern today as they were back in the 30s. Uh, this day and age we're living in gives cause for apprehension, so we must get down to earth at times, relax, relieve the tension. The fundamental things apply as times go by. And uh, Radio Free Brooklyn continues to be a fundamental thing that applies as time goes by, like all other outlets for non-commercial musical programming uh, that defies uh, easy categorization. So the good news is that uh, Radio Free Brooklyn has a brand new home, and even though we'll always remain sentimentally attached to our first historic location where Radio Free Brooklyn started in 2015 on uh, DeKalb Avenue, it's exciting to be now in a gorgeous new studio on 100 Bogart Street, Uh, still in the Free Republic of Bushwick. And uh, yes, Bogart Street, uh, so Bogart, like Humphrey Bogart, the actor from Casablanca. So you now get the acrobatic choice of, uh, as time goes by, to open tonight's episode of Monto Jazz, uh, the first episode in the new uh, uh, location of Radio Free Brooklyn. This new studio is uh, really a thing of beauty. Its dominant colors are two of my favorite colors, orange and blue, so I thought I'd focus today's episode on uh, music-inspired by Orange and Blue, in celebration of uh, the new phase in the life of Radio Free Brooklyn. Orange and Blue go extremely well together, so we'll be alternating songs about orange with songs about blue, and in order not to be biased in favor of one or the other of these two colors, the best way to continue is with a composition that is rooted in both colors, namely Charles Mingus, orange was the color of her dress, then silk blue. The version of this song we'll hear is by the big band Lumière, a large ensemble from France coordinated by Laurent Cugny, and in this case under the leadership of the masterful arranger Gil Evans. And uh, right after that we'll hear Ming Blue, performed by the Italian ensemble Dynamitri Jazz Folklore. Well, let's start with the big band Lumière. Thank you. 
Oh, 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 oh,
We just heard two tunes uh, dedicated to today's theme, which is orange and blue. They were, uh, first orange was the color of her dress, then silk blue, a composition by Charles Mingus, uh, played by the Laurent Cugny big band Lumiere, directed by Gil Evans. And the second song that was just uh, before I start talking is entitled Ming Blue, uh, which is a, uh, from a CD uh, entitled Akedengue Seat uh, by the Dynamitry Jazz Folklore, uh, which on some of the tracks features uh, poet Amiri Baraka. This is uh, from a CD that uh, was released in 2008 on the Italian label uh, Rai Trade. The choice of today is, uh, as I mentioned, is orange and blue, and the conventional color wisdom has it that these two colors uh, work very well together because they lie opposite to one another on the color wheel or are what we call typically complementary colors. And this is why the new studio here at Radio Free Brooklyn is so pleasant to be in. And we decided to choose this as a theme for today. And uh, after a song about blue, let's move back to the color orange. And this time with a band that uh, refers to the color in its very name. This is the Orangi Symphonet, a San Francisco-based band whose members met while working on uh, uh, Jim Jarmusch classic film together with Tom Waits, and the film was uh, Night on Earth. They represent the quintessence of versatility and have released two really captivating albums in the late 90s, uh, which were mixing tributes to Henry Mancini and Bert Bacharach with incursions in the world of lounge music, infusing everything with the orange zest of their quirk eclecticism, as you'll appreciate from the next track. Uh, this is entitled After the Fox from the CD entitled Orange Album. It's a composition by Bert Bacharach uh, that he wrote as part of the soundtrack for the movie Caccia alla Volpe, which is a 1966 uh, British-Italian comedy uh, directed by Vittorio De Sica, and starring Peter Sellers, uh, with screenplay in English by Neil Simon and uh, Desica's longtime collaborator uh, Cesare Zavattini. It may have not been a blockbuster, but the music has uh, aged very, very well. Yeah. 
You're listening to Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. We just heard uh, three great tunes uh, going along with the orange and blue theme for today's episode. The first one in this uh, series of three was After the Fox by the Orangey Symphonette. And moving from orange to blue, we went with uh, Blue Drag, a composition by uh, Django Reinhardt, uh, the famous gypsy French composer and guitar player, uh, performed by Alain Toussaint. And uh, last but not least was uh, Swing Pool Blue by the phenomenal Rachel Garnier from a CD entitled Crazy Blood. Let's now put the orange and blue theme aside for a moment. Um, as we mentioned in the last two episodes, on the 9th of December of 2017, this coming Saturday, uh, the Kitchen, which is the historic venue in Chelsea, will host one of the events of the year for anybody that loves uh, the New York uh, creative jazz scene. Uh, the event is entitled uh, Forever Weird, Microscopic Kamikaze Passengers, featuring three of the most important bands that, uh, from the 80s until today, have been pursuing a form of jazz that... Uh, has the rare capacity to appeal at the same time to the brain, the heart, and the guts of their listeners and makes them dance to. These are the Microscopic Septet, the Kamikaze Ground Crew, and the Jazz Passengers. Last Sunday we got together with the leaders of the three bands, um, Philip Johnston of the Micros, Gina Leishman and Doug Wisselman of the Kamikazes, and uh, Roy Nathanson of the Jazz Passengers for a quick chat in advance of the show. What follows are some uh, brief excerpts from the interview, which is a bit too long to be broadcast in full, but the complete transcription of the interview will come up uh, in the coming weeks on allaboutjazz.com. We started the interview asking uh, how, at a time when it's very challenging for bands larger than a trio or maybe a quartet to stay in business for just a few years, these uh, three ensembles have managed to keep together for over three decades, despite the occasional hiatus. And uh, as you can imagine, it really boils down to uh, the special chemistry, the rapport and the friendship among the members of uh, each of these three bands. It's very simple because this group of people, uh, this this particular group of musicians will play anything I write. After all these years, they understand what I'm trying to do and they take it somewhere beyond which beyond where I, what's written on the page. And I love playing. If I had to choose, I have to say, if I had to choose that I could only do one thing in the rest of, for the rest of my life, instead of doing the million different things that mm-hmm. I do to, to make a life, if I could only do one, I would probably choose this band. Wow, that's cool. Because this particular group of musicians give me the greatest pleasure. They're all, they're all unique in their own way. They're all brilliant in their own way. They're each a band leader, which is one reason why we don't play very often. It's very different than jazz bands. And what makes this interesting and makes these bands that love, that that have an enormous affection for the, what we call the style of jazz or, or the tradition that that comes out of, whatever that's called, is very unlike most uh, New York City jazz bands. It's that... For, for a variety of different reasons, as you can see, everybody's stayed together in a group. For my situation, Curtis and I became really best friends, and I'm friends with all these with Bill, and these are really close friends. And I I got more and more into writing words and writing uh, and, and composing and stuff, and and I felt no need to hi- be with it, hire anybody else for anything. 
So any everything else I wrote, everything else I did basically used these people. So if I did, a, I did a you know piece with them at uh, the University of Wisconsin Science Museum about the world's oldest rock. We used mm-hmm. the jazz passengers. It was like we, we did a whole, whole bunch of different you know theater projects and blah blah blah. I would always use the Sangat. So for me, it you know the passengers became an all-purpose crowd because I. As, a, as an improviser and as a writer, I, I felt like that sound, you know, it's, yeah, they're great musicians and all that, but it's also the sound that I feel is what I, want, what I care about. I agree with everything that's been said here. It's all about the people. And if you look at the front line, the saxophone players in the microscopic septet, myself, Don Davis, Mike Hashem, and uh, Dave Sulson, you couldn't find four more different um, saxophone players. <laughs> and then to play, play the music with other people who were different, let's just say, you know, I mean, no, no one is as unique as any of these guys. They're just so quirky and individualistic. It's a totally different experience, and nothing is the same as playing with these people. And again, like everybody else, we have this incredible shared history right, that's, that's, that's when you think about the players yeah, that we are I mean we've got these you know we've known each other since 1981 I've been playing with Stephen Bernstein since 1982 or 3 mm-hmm. Stephen and Peter have known each other since they were like 12 years old I met we've started playing with Kenny when he was like 19 and mm-hmm. you know there's Stephen and, and, and there's connection with, with uh, Marcus and with art, all these people have like these really long-standing histories. So we're like we're old. That comes that we bring that into the experiment. I think the funny part about all three bands playing together is that, as you can see, each band has its own kind of real history together. But we all know each other mm-hmm. too, That's also true. which is really kind of weird. And so it was Phil's idea to do this, and it's a really cool idea in that way because I do think in this time of like. American stupid idea of freedom and individuality that that there's it, it's very anti the idea of jazz and anti the idea of entrepreneurial stuff to have something that goes along just because people love to be together and do it has no nobody's really made any money big money in any kind of way in any of these things and um there's been tons of beautiful music and it's just because of that so it's very much against the grain of what this thing is called you know being american right now so i'm I'm glad to be doing this you know and that phil had the idea to do this because it does you know with 21 people up there doing that it represents that
just heard uh, Twilight Time Zone by the Microscopic uh, Setet. Uh, it's a composition that came out uh, in 2008 on a CD entitled Lobster Lip Scene on the Cuneiform Records. Before that, we heard the first part of an interview with uh, Philip Johnston of the Microscopic Septet, uh, Gina Lishman and Doug Wieselman of the Kamikaze uh, Ground Crew, and uh, Roy Nathanson of the Jazz Passengers. We'll be performing on Saturday 9th of December at the Kitchen in a special concert for which we're running this uh, ticket giveaway contest today. Uh, there are three tickets, and if you want to win uh, one or more of them, you have to do something very simple, which is, as I mentioned earlier, send us an email at uh, mondojazz at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Let's continue now with this interview. Uh, the Microscopic Septet, the Kamikaze Ground Crew, and the Jazz Passengers, in different ways, they have all been fundamental players in shaping the so-called uh, New York downtown scene. Even though this is perhaps a label that we now attach to a particular attitude and sound, but in the 1980s it was just an army of creative artists mixing things up and shaping the jazz to come. I've just become aware over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, about what a meaningful thing it has been for me, and presumably for other people, to be part of a peer group. When we first started performing as quote-unquote jazz musicians in New York, kind of the thing was, if you wanted to be a jazz musician, you went to Berkeley, or you went to North Texas State, and you, or you went to Indiana, then you maybe became a sideman with Art Blakey, or something like that, and then you got a record deal on your own. There was right. a very, you played at certain clubs, there was a right. very kind of prescribed way of building a career right. as a jazz musician. We didn't do any of that. We didn't go to one of the few jazz educational institutions we came up basically just playing with people we when we started out with the micros we couldn't get a job at any jazz club in town we played at libraries and furniture stores and we played at cbgb's and we played uh, in the park we played any place that we could play and little by little over time we made our first record with a rock record label uh that put out the b-52s um but Little by little, we started getting reviews in Downbeat and all that kind of stuff, uh, getting booked into jazz festivals, and, and became a little more accepted, a little bit more accepted by the mainstream jazz scene. But we were part of this peer group of people who were all kind of off the beaten path and all the, uh, the mainstream kind of centered around this place called Studio Henry, but uh, people like Wayne Horvitz and Elliot Sharp and Bobby Previtt and, you know, I don't want to leave out anybody's name, but Marty Ehrlich, so many people who came up together in bands like the Jazz Passengers and the Kamikazes that all did something that was a little bit uh, crazy. And uh, it was great to be part of this thing, and we've all played as side men and side persons with a lot of the same people, and there's just a huge interchange here um, that uh, not only do we share a history, but we share kind of this peer group. It's, it's kind of strange. It's like almost been abused, the idea of the downtown scene, although there was... The important thing was there was this... this as Philip was saying, it was this, a sense of a community of people who were like trying to do s different things and we all 
we all went, the thing is, a, a, a number of us went through that period of time together, and we're still doing it. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of disseminated, but there is, like, you, you, you haven't maybe seen this, a musician who you, you know, worked with or have experienced stuff with years and years ago, but somehow you, then you find yourself, you're both in the same gig or something, and you, you're both bringing that world that you experienced 30 years ago to the to the table yeah. and it's it's kind of beautiful in a way I do think that there's an economic uh, you know being no lefty there's an economic political social aspect of that which is that there, people had proximity people lived cheaply in the right. East Village right. and there were plenty of places to play That's right. and you didn't need to make any money yeah. and so that allowed for this thing I mean, that in combination with there was a um, a kind of confluence between, for me, uh, the downtown theater world, you know, Charles Ludlum and, and Hot Peaches and, and the John DeCaro and all that, and then also the, the punk world and the right. actual jazz world. There was the Limba Lounge, uh, ABC, the, the, and then, of course, the Ninning Factory. And, but there were other places, like, it's like the Henry Street place. And, you know, so, you know, so there, was a, there, was, there was a way you could go out and have a cup of coffee with somebody and talk about this stuff. And, and uh, so there was real proximity that the young people now don't have. Yeah, I also think I also think that there was something that drew this group of people together as people who were really interested in a wide variety of music and art forms, yeah, yeah. who were yeah. interested in film and theater right. and books and dance and different styles of right. music. You'd see the same person right. on a rock and roll gig right. and right. in a Dixieland right. gig and in a totally screaming free jazz gig yeah. and you go, huh, that guy's interesting and interested in some of the same things I have. That's how I met some of the first people that I started playing with and continued like a, a Dave Hofstra. But, or a, right. but it was a fertile situation that allowed that to happen. It wasn't just because everybody was so creative yeah. per se. You know what I mean? No, I mean you were all you were you'd run into everybody. Everybody was living in the same area, so you'd, you'd always be running supportive. into supportive. Everyone was incredibly yeah. supportive of each other too. It was a very I mean that's for me when you said about the West Coast, East Coast, having coming moving here from San Francisco, what I felt I mean that the community, the musical community here was so much more supportive of each other than mm. the community in San Francisco. Mm. Because in San Francisco, it's a small pond and everybody was much more competitive in a way. Whereas here, I've always had this theory that New York is, everyone has a common enemy of actually trying to survive in New York. And so mm. the community felt so much more supportive that, that people would come. I mean, people would, there was a, a real community. But you could live on nothing. The right. fuck did we yeah. pay two hundred and twenty-five dollars for five yeah. room apartments on, on yes. twenty-five dollars a month? We two hundred twenty-five a month. We paid for five rooms, me and Raymond. You know, up until nineteen eighty-nine when I moved out. You know, so it's like it's yeah. a different world.
This is uh, Wake Up Again by the Jazz Passengers, and uh, you're listening to Mondo Jazz on uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. This is um, a section that we're dedicating to a triple bill that is taking place on the 9th of December at the Kitchen. In advance of that show, we had an interview with a band uh, leaders, Philip Johnson of the Microscopic Septet, which co-leads that band uh, together with Joel Forrester. And then we heard also from uh, Gina Lishman and Doug Wieselman of the Kamikazes and uh, Roy Nathanson of the Jazz Passengers, who were recounting before the song how, um, how it was to grow up musically in the downtown scene of the 80s and 90s. And uh, to entice you even more, we actually asked the members of the band to describe what they will be performing and what you can expect from this concert. Marie, each band is going to play a set, and... Um then at the end we're going to kind of do one little 
JATP kind of jam session together. But uh, for my particular band, I'll say we're going to play music from the whole range of our history, from some of our earliest pieces that we played when John Zorn was in the band and. Uh, our, our first tune. We have all our tunes numbered, so between one and ten. Uh, and then we're going to play some brand new stuff that we've never played in front of people before. So a complete range of all our material. A monk tune or two, some stuff from our most recent record, and some classics from different eras. People just come with open ears to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're basically playing repertoire that probably goes back to the late 80s up until last year or this year Uh, we're going to be playing music that will be written 100 years from now and anybody who comes anybody who comes we're going to give them any kind of new vehicle they want a new fire truck a new boat each individual person with their ticket will get one of those things
This is Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. You can find more information on this show or Radio Free Brooklyn on our website, radiofreebrooklyn.com or by looking for our Facebook page. And if you're interested in the playlists or to receive our newsletter, um, you can send an email to mondojazz at radiofreebrooklyn.org. As mentioned earlier, there is a great concert uh, that uh, will take place on the 9th of December at the Kitchen in Chelsea featuring the Microscopic Septet as well as the Kamikaze ground crew and the uh, Jazz Passengers. And the section that we had before featured some interviews with the leaders of the three bands and music from them. And the most uh, recent track that uh, we just played is entitled Huey Smith Medley, which comes from a Kamikaze ground crew uh, CD entitled um, covers on the Koch Jazz label. Uh, but let's now go back to the theme of today's episode, Orange and Blue. And this time uh, I'll start with uh, Blue and move uh, beyond jazz music, since Mondo Jazz, just like the bands of the downtown scene, does not like to respect strict categories and tries to feature music of all genres which uh, can appeal to jazz fans that like to listen to music uh, with ears wide open. Uh, Blue is the title of the latest album by the Un Trio, a trio of Korean virtuosos that have been living in New York since the 80s and have established themselves for their capacity to defy categorization and uh, to integrate other genres of music in their classical music background. Uh, this has led them to collaborate uh, with uh, Pat Metheny, Michael Neiman, DJ Spooky and the likes. Uh, the CD, uh, Blue, is named after the son of the pianist, Lucia Ahn, who plays with her two sisters, Maria on cello and Angela on violin. The composition that we'll be hearing is entitled Sky Life by David Balakrishnan, who is the founder of the Turtle Island Quartet. It's a composition arranged by the composer Kenji Bunch, a frequent collaborator of the Antrio. Thank you. 
Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a non-profit organization. We are a crew of passionate uh, self-funding volunteers. And of course, there is a lot of uh, considerable costs associated with this operation. Like, for instance, the ones that uh, we had to incur in order to move to our new location on 100 Bogart Street. So if you like what you hear and you want to support the station, you might consider supporting it through a pledge of your choice or getting one of our t-shirts, hats, or other cool merchandise from uh, radiofreebrooklyn.com slash donate. This episode uh, is dedicated to the beautiful colors of our new studio, Orange and Blue, and uh, the last two tracks were dedicated to color blue. First we heard uh, Sky Life from a CD entitled Blue by the Un Trio. 
which has been uh, self-released in uh, 2017, just a few months ago. And Blue is also the title of an iconic album by Johnny Mitchell. The tune we heard just a moment ago is actually the title track from that CD. However, that was uh, interpreted by Cat Power from a Matador CD that came out in 2008 entitled Jukebox. And uh, we would like now to continue along the same lines. And so the next uh, composition is entitled Blue Light Special uh, by the accordion uh, player Will Holzhauser with his trio from a CD entitled Read Song that was released uh, on the Portuguese label Clean Feed Records, which is really one of the uh, beacons of creative music today. Um, all the great uh, musicians uh, that are really pushing the envelope are all featured on this label. And uh, this is a CD from 2002. Uh, this is Blue Light Special.
That was Orange Juice, a composition by Eri Yamamoto from a CD entitled Colors. Uh, it's a great trio featuring Eri Yamamoto, the Japanese piano player, uh, together with Ben Street on bass and Ikuo Takeuchi on drums. Uh, I believe this is the first CD that uh, was released by Eri Yamamoto in 2004 uh, on the Jane Street Records um, label. This is um, a trio that uh, has been performing for many, many years uh, with a slight uh, line difference in the lineup. And if you like what you heard, you can uh, catch uh, Eri Yamamoto every Thursday night in the West Village at the Arthur's Tavern on, uh, I believe, Jane Street. Just before that, we heard the music of uh, Will Holzhauser on accordion, uh, Ron Horton on trumpet, and David Phillips on bass. Uh, from a CD entitled Reed Song, we heard Blue Light Special. Orange and blue, once again, uh, the theme of uh, today's uh, episode of Mondo Jazz. Uh, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and uh, we have just moved to a new location on 100 Booger Street, and uh, um, we also have uh, some activities coming up. Uh, this Thursday, meaning tomorrow, we'll be taking our commitment to the local art scene to the next level with the launch of uh, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn Presents the first Thursday at the Well series. On the first Thursday of every month, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn will be hosting independent music showcases at the Well, which is located on 272 Messerol Street. Our first event will feature the music of uh, Jackknife Stiletto, an all-female rock and roll band from New York City, uh, Nuclear Family Fantasy, who will be premiering a video during their set, and uh, Red Arcade, a band that uh, has a sound that is easy to identify but very hard to define. So if you're interested, the doors uh, open at 8 o'clock and the music will start at 9. Uh, the tickets are $10 at the door, or you can pick them up in advance so at uh, radiofreebrooklyn. Uh, sorry, rfb.nyc/tickets. Um, I would like to now continue along the same theme for tonight of Mondo Jazz, and uh, moving back to blue, the color blue. And this is um, now a song entitled "Melody Blanche, Melody Blue." Uh, performing are the Vienna uh, Art, Art Orchestra, and this is uh, from a CD entitled "Standing What." Thank you. 
a powerful composition by the Vienna Art Orchestra entitled Maladie Blanche, Melodie Blue uh, from a CD entitled Standing Watt. We are very fast, uh, fastly approaching the uh, end of the show. It's almost uh, two hours, even though it looks like, uh, it feels like we just started. And um, there was also the end of this uh, theme for today, which was orange and blue dedicated to our beautiful colors of our new studio at 100 Bogart Street. I just want to thank you once again, all the listeners, to uh, for uh, tuning in here at uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, of course, uh, music will continue, so please stay tuned uh, for Rob Pritchard's Bushwick Garage. Uh, if you want to check this show uh, when uh, it goes into the archives, you can do so using uh, uh, Mixcloud or Podomatic.com, as well as iTunes. Usually five or six days after the show is on, you can find it on the archives. We're going to close this show with the microscopic septet and a composition by the leader, or co-leader, Philip Johnston, entitled Got Lucky. Thank you for listening.